Welcome back. The Right Hook with George Hook and Bill Hughes, who once again picks essential songs for me. You know, Bill does this every week from a particular year. Last week, I got so excited uh, about 1980. Now, don't go forward. Promise me you're not going to go forward from 1980. I promise. Oh, good boy. (laughs) Sure. How could I go forward and how could I upset you (laughs) on this special day? How do you know it's a special day? I know it's a special day, George. Yeah. Happy birthday <laughs> to, to you. me. <laughs> bon anniversaire yeah. and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. Thanks very much for your uh, best wishes. No, no. It is. And it's a special day. It's, it's not just a landmark day. <laughs> it's a landmark day. Yeah. Puberty always I find <laughs> particularly dramatic in somebody's life. Anyway, what year? 1957. Oh, what a year. Great year for for uh, red wine and a great year for music, 57. Now, I don't know what you're going to pick, but by heavens, if you don't get a good three out of 57. I had amazing choices. Yeah, had not I you? had amazing oh, yeah. choices. Yeah. Amazing choices. Yeah. So the first one up. Yeah. Don and Phil Everly. And wake up, little Susie. Oh, oh, oh Don and Phil. What an amazing, what an amazing song. I, I, Don and Phil were great. They were amazing guys. And they weren't just, it was their harmonies that were so special. It was their look. They were really clean cut and gorgeous. And they wore those beautiful kind of Ivy League suits. And it's really funny. But Phil Norman, in his book about uh, Buddy Holly, said that it was Don and Phil who convinced Buddy Holly to get out of Levi's and T-shirts and to wear those beautiful Ivy League jackets. Really? They they changed his look. But this song, Wake Up Little Susie, written by two really successful, a husband and wife, who were really successful country music uh, songwriters, Felice Bryant, uh, or her real name, Matilda Genevieve Scadado, and uh, her husband... Diodorius Bordeloup Bryant. <laughs> I mean, so I don't know what you're going to call them for short, but they wrote All I Have to Do is Dream, Bye Bye Love, Wake Up Little Susie, like they, Love Hurts. They, they had so many hits. Anyway, onto the Everly Brothers themselves. Country influence, rock and roll singers, the gorgeous steel string guitar and the close harmonies. Now, their full names... Don's full name, Isaac Donald Everly, and and then just plain old Phil Philip Philip Everly, but um, I'm doing the junior cert now, mm-hmm. then known as the intermediate cert mm-hmm. in Pres Cork, mm-hmm. and listening to this now. Remember, this is quite interesting, I think, for people listening because mm-hmm. they can get music so easily. Mm-hmm. You couldn't get this on the BBC, no. Or RTE. Uh, you and, had to and, go to Radio Luxembourg. But if you were living in Boston, you couldn't get it anyway because it was banned. Was it? This song was banned. Because oh, yeah, because you were out all night with Susie. Wake up, little Susie. That's wake right. up. Like, I'm able to nudge her to tell her to wake up that which implies that because I've been our lying parents, her. Because our parents are going to get upset. Absolutely. So, Don and Phil, they... Two more people, two more lucky people whose paths crossed with the genius that is or was Chet Atkins. 
It was oh, yeah. Chet Atkins who put them on the road to success. Now, he initially got them a, a deal with Columbia Records and they released their first single there called Keep a Love and Me, which Don had written, and it flopped. So they lost their deal. And the next thing Chet said, they can write, introduced them to Acuff Rose, the great publisher. And it was from there that they got their deal with uh, RCA and away it went. Now, what was funny was in February 1957, when they recorded um, Bye Bye Love, Bye Bye Love had been rejected by 30 artists. You're but, no, me. it had been rejected. <laughs> and so they took it and turned it into the hit. And the next thing then, they followed with Wake Up Little Susie. But all I have to do is dream, bird dog, problems, uh, till I kissed you. Like they just had. A, tr- a string of fantastic hits. And they had a huge following here in Ireland, huge following in the UK. And they straddled comfortably uh, from country music to kind of rock yeah, music well, see, to kind was, of cool. Yeah. What mm. was important is they were wearing suit, suits and ties and they had good haircuts. So like your mother wasn't terrified. They had them. quiffs that you could yeah. slice bread with. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Now, by the way... Um, I was I was in Cork last week, and the whole way down, I listened to essential songs on the right hook on Spotify, and and you can do the same thing. We have a playlist of all Bill's choices over the weeks and months, and you just go to Spotify, essential songs on the right hook, and there you are. And it got me all the way to Cork. I'm delighted because that's a good. You love driving music. Oh, I do. And yeah. so our songs. You know, there's there are some years I want to revisit because in my, I I, I do feel we've only done volume one from certain mm. years. You can't just pick three songs from a year oh, and come say on, that's let's the year. Go, do I want okay. to wake? I want Susie to wake up. Wake up, little Susie. Donna, Phil, Emily. These guys are keeping me going. Wake up, please, Susie. Wake up, please, Susie. 
God above. I'd forgotten also just how good the guitar intro was. Gorgeous. And, and the words are great. Like, what are we going to tell your mom? What are we, we're in trouble deep, you know? Just fabulous. Phil and Don Everly with Wake Up Little Susie all the way from 1957. Essential song picked by Bill Hughes, my guest here. Uh, I, I can't wait for number two. I'm all agog. Now, number two is really intriguing. Yeah? Because number two started out, the first recording was made in 1928 with this as a kind of a folk song. And then the next recording was 1935 by Milton Brown, then Louis uh, Jordan in 1939. But it wasn't until 1957 when Little Richard got his hands on it. Little Richard? Little Richard. Oh, don't tell me. I keep a knocking, but you can't it come in. in. <laughs> <laughs> so, so now, the it thing about Richard, this... Richard, now, I hope you're going to talk about Little Richard's career. I Good am. man. Good but the man. big thing uh, to say about this song, and for people to listen out for, anybody who's a rock and roll fan and a rock fan and is a Led Zeppelin fan, and one of the greatest albums for in Led Zeppelin was Led Zeppelin 4... And the key track from Led Zeppelin 4 is Stairway to Heaven. But the most amazing track in my memory is Rock and Roll. And Rock and Roll is such a crazy, crazy track. John Bonham used the introduction from this recording of Little Richard and Knockin' as the intro for Rock and Roll. So that's just, just, just for the Rock and Roll aficionados out there. But OK, let's talk about Little Richard. Richard Wayne Penniman... Born December 5th, 1932, known by his stage name, Little Richard. And he was born down in Macon, Georgia. Uh, he was the eldest, the third eldest of 12. Now, it's really funny. He was born into a peculiar house. 12 kids, right? And his mother is part of the New Hope Baptist Church. But his father, who was a church deacon, was actually a moonshiner on the side. He ran a little business. And he also ran a honky-tonk, the top tip in. So it's like, or the tip in, in. And that's the kind of madness that Little Richard was born into. And then he was born with a deformity, one leg shorter than the other. So he walked in a peculiar way. And people used to say he walked, uh, that it was a very effeminate appearance because his gait wasn't the best. So he started out performing, he was drag. He was he was a, a, a transvestite and then a full drag performer before he became later a rock and roller. And so when he performed Tutti Fruity, that was as much as referencing what his alter oh, ego was. of course, yeah. So that's what that yeah. was about. And then Long Tall Sally. <laughs> and then he followed Long Tall Sally in 1950, from 1956 and he followed that with... Uh, knocking but you can't come in so he had an extraordinary career he was the one who was seen as the the moment where mixed audiences started to come together white audiences and black audiences really? coming to see him because it was when the whites as they called them and the coloreds had to be in two different parts oh, of the sure. hall and so they would come together and dance but little richard also like lived life to the fullest like he offended against all 10 commandments on a fairly regular basis and then became a preacher 
That's right. And then he said, as, as the best ones do. But also, he had been ripped off by management, by record company, oh. by everybody. And so in 1984, he filed suit for $112 million for recompense for all the million selling records he'd had. And he, he filed that in 1984. And funnily enough, it was settled in 1986 out of court. Go away. So he did well. Well done, the little boy did Richard. well. <laughs> All right, lads, keep a knocking. But you can't come in with the evervescent, the ebullient, the extraordinary little Richard. Knocking, but you can't come in with little Richard. I tell you, the sax player was really giving it shots as well. On fire, on fire. Oh, yeah. We're all on fire. <laughs> oh, so but now. listen, the really thing about this is like 1957 Ireland and then 1957 Cork, Bishop Lucy is railing about this kind of music. And little Richard was in the van, really, of the sinful singers, like. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, he was out there and the boldness of him to wear makeup and to jump up on the piano and to make suggestive movements with his groin and all that kind but of thing. But I mean, the, the thing is, this isn't on RTE or BBC. No. We're getting this on Radio Luxembourg. Mm-hmm. 208 Radio Luxembourg. And Tony Prince. Uh, <laughs> and just. 
all of the boys. Yeah. So if you go to Spotify, you can get all Bill's songs. You get Little Richard again. You get the Everleys again. You get the Andrews Sisters. You get David Bowie. You get them all. Uh, and it's essential songs on the right hook on Spotify. Just go there and you're in business. And uh, we couldn't find Johnny Mandel and MASH. That's the only one we've missed. It's not on Spotify. Ah. Yeah, all right. Anyway, song number three. Song number three. If I say to you, the king of Skiffle. Lonnie Donegan. <laughs> That's the very man. We have never done Skiffle before on this on this slot. No. And I love it. Yeah. I love it. Now, is this, does your chewing gum lose no. its flavour on the no. bedpost overnight? No. No, no, but I do love the that Battle song. of New Orleans. No, no. <laughs> okay. This is putting on the style. Oh, this was his first hit, yeah. I suspect. Live now, from London Palladium. Yeah, the now, recording. The, now, Skiffle. Yeah. They instead of a double bass, they had a tea box, a tea chest, and they stuck a broom handle into it, and then they had a wire runner for the broom handle to the tea chest. They did. It was a homemade or improvised instrument, and yeah. it was a music genre with jazz, blues, folk, and roots influences. Lonnie so, Donegan, of course, had previously been... Tell me. With the great Chris Barber jazz band. Oh, he had been. He had with been. Monty Sunshine on clarinet, Chris Barber on trombone, and Lyne Donegan was a jazz, and then he went solo with a Does Your Chewing Gum Love Its Flavour and the one about the, the Dustman. My old man's a dustman. My he wears man. a dustman's hat. Yeah. He wears cold, blimey trousers and he lives in a dustman's... Or he, Council flat. Council flat. Yeah, they were the one. There you go. <laughs> anyway, Lonnie so Donegan. Putting on the style. And yeah. this particular song, it's really funny, but this song came from the Catskills, a combination of the Catskills and also from the oral tradition of West Virginia. Nobody has a record of who wrote this song because this song literally came down from the hills and there were very many versions of it in the US. Because Lonnie, way West Virginia is backward now. Yeah, yeah. But Lonnie, Lonnie Donegan heard it. Uh, and transformed it. But it was really funny. His version of putting on the style did cause something, and it caused something extraordinary. (laughs) The day that the Quarrymen with John Lennon went into their recording booth and they did a very low-grade version, it was the very first time that John Lennon met Paul McCartney that day of that recording. And it was for putting on the style, their version of it. And Did they do to putting on the style? Yeah, yeah, John the Lennon with the Quarrymen. Oh yeah, yeah. But it was very low grade. But, but that it was, it was such a cool hip song at the time. It was perfectly yeah. representative of. Actually, the music. it mightn't have been his first hit. His first hit might have been the Rock Island Line. Oh, good man. There you, sometimes I feel like I'm on mastermind with you and I'm in the chair. <laughs> no, There's a light in my face. When you're in 1957, sure I am. I and my chosen subject is the music of 1957. Well, he was, he was born in Glasgow. Yeah. And his father had played the violin with Scottish National Orchestra and then they moved to East Ham in London. His mother was Irish. And they moved to East Ham in London and he was um, one of those kids who was evacuated out of London during the war. He was moved up to Altrincham in Cheshire and that's where he went to school. He married three times, had a great life, Lonnie Donegan. I mean, he had so much success. And uh, right in the middle of a UK tour uh, in 2002, 
Uh, he had a massive heart attack and died and he was just about to perform at a memorial concert for George Harrison with the Rolling Stones. He was about to perform and he dropped a, a heart attack. But he was attack. still performing in 2002. Yeah, Haven't had a record in Aged 57. 71. Wow. Aged 71. Still performing, still out there doing it. So he was really quite something. He had 31 top 30 hits. Three number ones. So it was an amazing career and he played so many instruments and uh, was just so, such a popular artist and performer, just full of personality, full of divilment, okay. handsome feature that the Irish, you see, would have come out. <laughs> oh, I tell you, Lonnie, Bill's excelled. I think this 1957 pick, which of course you can get on Spotify on the essential songs on the right hook, look it up, uh, is astonishing. Bill, I my congratulations. You've done my birthday proud with this phenomenal selection from 1957, including the great Lonnie Donegan and putting on the style. Sweet 16, go to church just to see the boys laugh and screams and giggles at every little noise, turns her face a little, then turns her head a while. But everybody knows she's only putting on the style. Yeah, putting on the agony, putting on the Oh. <laughs> hey, 
thing, I tell you what's quite interesting, Bill Hughes, is that stands up. I honestly think that a lot of our listeners who weren't born in 1957 uh, are listening to that and thinking, you know, that's not bad. I remember it because it would have always been played on two-way family favourites on a Sunday when we were all doing our our domestic chores. We'd come back from mass and the radio would be on all around the house while we all had to go to our rooms and make our beds and do all that kind of stuff. And this would come on and we'd all be dancing around. Two-way family favourites presented by? Jean Chalice. And? Uh, uh, go ahead. Cliff Mitchell. Oh, Cliff Mitchell, of and course. And they got married. Did they? Yeah. She was in Germany and he was in, in London or vice versa. Mm. And they got married over the, the radio. Extraordinary stuff. Really? Amazing what you learn here, really. <laughs> anyway, anyway, Bill will be back next, way, next week for Essential Songs of, we know, don't know not when. But don't forget your Spotify. You can find it there, Essential Songs on the Right Hook. Uh, can't promise... Uh, a birthday next week uh, but there'll be another one next year and uh, when's your birthday Bill? October alright okay <laughs> alright uh, coming up next kickstart your business with Joe Tannum